Romans, the third chapter. And our focus will be when we get down, well, I say that, verse 25, verse 26 spoke to me. And I guess one of the reasons it did is I read the one of John Piper's, almost was a devotion or a blog or, or whatever it was. And he called these two verses perhaps the best passage ever. And if John Piper considers a portion of Scripture to be one of the best, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to meditate on it, and I'm going to consider it and think about it. And uh, perhaps uh, you will agree with Brother John as well that, that this passage for the child of God means so much. And, and even as we can get ready to pray, Heavenly Father, just open our eyes that we might see let your word speak. Holy Spirit, move within us. Without, without a move of the Holy Spirit, it's just going to be nothing but words. But all word of God speak. Holy Spirit, move in hearts and minds. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Romans 3. And we're going to begin in verse 19. I'm going to read a couple verses and then we're going to, we're going to expound some other things and get back into Romans 3 a little bit later. But, uh, Romans 3, verses 19 and 20 to begin. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The ESV says, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. So the may become guilty before God, be held accountable to God. Verse 20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in His sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now we're going to pause here for a moment because Paul makes a declaration with absolute certainty and with and which allows no exceptions, every unredeemed human being, whether Jew or Greek or Gentile, is under the law of God and is accountable to God. All of the unredeemed will one day stand guilty before God. And one may say, but oh, but I have kept the law. No, no, no one, no one can perfectly keep the law. Because what we, what it say? Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in His sight. Law keepers, if that's all they've got, they've got nothing. They will not stand other than standing guilty before Almighty God. But there is hope. But there is hope. And let me say this, but there is hope found through the law. Now, now, now listen. And that is that last part of verse 20 that says, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So in the law, there there is found hope, if I could say that. I, I hope we're okay with that. Because does the law have purpose today? Yes, it does. We, we've talked about this quite often. It reveals sin. The, the law is not sin, but it reveals sin to the point that all are guilty. The whole world is guilty. None righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Apostle Paul talked of the law revealing sin in Romans 7, 7. Let's read that. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? 
Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. And I consider who's, who's talking. Paul, he knew the law. He was a law keeper. But one day the law spoke to him in a different way, didn't it? The, the Lord struck him. And, and, and then he knew. It revealed his sin. He knew he couldn't keep the law perfectly. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. And the law, even yet today, is our tutor. Our tutor, our helper. The word used by the Spirit to reveal our sin. And I take that from Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verses 21 through 25. Galatians 3, 21 through 25. And it says, Is the law then against the promises of God? <laughs> Certainly not! Exclamation mark. Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But it, but it couldn't. It couldn't. But the Scripture has confined all under sin. And, and, and this is the same thing that, that Paul said in, in Romans 3. Every mouth stopped. All guilty. All accountable to God. But, but the scripture has confined all under sin. Why? Why? That the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. Kept for faith which would afterward be revealed Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. You see, now we live by faith. We walk by faith. We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Uh, Paul had, had talked about that earlier in, in Romans 3, let's back up and read it. Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, what, what is the curse that is upon all mankind? Sin. Sin. But Christ came to redeem us from the curse. He came that we should not perish in our sin, but rather have eternal life. Let's read from John, the third chapter, verses 14 through 16. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. As Moses lifted up the serpent, we're not going to turn there and read it today, but if you want to put it in your notes, that's from Numbers 21. Uh, verses 4 through 9, and I've talked about this many times in regards to John 3.16, and I, I 
pray you'll allow me to talk about it one more time. Because is it good to remind ourselves of this? It is. It is. It's good to remind yourself. Because in Numbers 21, you're going to find this is the account of the time that God had sent a curse upon the Israelites because of their grumbling and disobedience. And what was the curse? What was this punishment? It was fiery serpents. <laughs> now, did you ever stop and think, what if the Lord, every time I grumbled or complained for any length of time, would do something similar? And perhaps in certain ways He does when He disciplines His children who get out of line. But people in this day were bitten by these serpents. They were dying. They were perishing. And God provided a cure. God provided a remedy for the curse. And what was the cure? And, and you remember, God had Moses to fashion a bronze serpent and lift it up on a pole and then said, all who would look to this would be saved. They would be healed from their condition. So the cure was a symbol of the curse itself, a serpent. To be cured, all the people had to do to be saved from God's wrath, God's discipline, God's judgment, was to look at His provision that had been lifted up. And we know that within the Old Testament, there's types and shadows that point forward to Jesus Christ. And this is most definitely one of those. The serpent lifted up on the pole was a type or shadow of Christ upon the cross. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus lifted up on the cross is the cure for the curse of sin that is upon mankind. Jesus is the source of rescue from the poison of sin, if I could say it that way. From the wrath of God that abides or remains upon unbelievers. And as the serpent symbolized the curse that was causing the people to perish in their wilderness, so Jesus on the cross became the curse of sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He, for God, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Put yourself in the verse. To be sin for me. That we, that I, might become the righteousness of God in Him. You see, what happened on the cross is that God made Him sin, our sins imputed, placed upon Christ. The one hanging on the cross is made to be sin into the very thing that is the curse, sin. Jesus takes upon Himself the very wrath of God, the punishment for sin, that we might receive the cure. That we might go free. That we might have eternal life. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse, so this was from Galatians, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He was made sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Because there is no other way for us to be righteous except in Christ. 
Because all of our righteousnesses are nothing but filthy rags before the Lord. By the works of the law, no one is justified. For all who believe, our sins imputed, placed upon Christ. He bore our sins upon the cross and gives us in turn His righteousness. And He gives eternal life. And so I've got to ask the question one more time. Because this is for all who believe. And here's the question. Do you believe? Have you been set free from the curse of sin? Do you know that you know that you are truly saved? There is only one cure and that is belief in Jesus Christ by faith, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, no other way. The most important question to be asked do you believe? Let's read Romans 10 verses 9 through 13 in regard to that. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And let me pause there. And I, and I say it so often. What are we saved from? The wrath of God. The wrath of God. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved promise of God all who call in faith by faith shall be saved John 5 verse 24 John 5 verse 24 most assuredly I say to you he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. John 6, verse 47. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Believe and repent. Uh, Acts 3 verse 19. Repent therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. So We've talked about that a lot today haven't we? Be converted, be saved. That your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, you'd rather have times of refreshing than wrath, would you not? Luke 13, verse 3. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The word is clear, is it not? Don't be among the perishing. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
So now, now, now let's go back. Go back to Romans 3. Let's read again verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Oh, how was it revealed? In whom was it revealed? Oh, it was Christ. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. How often do we see statements like that in the Word of God? To all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25-26 now. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because of His forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Aren't you thankful for God and for what He has done? See, how can we stand justified before God? By grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's the only way. All who believe have redemption in Christ. God sent His only begotten Son to be a propitiation by His blood. Propitiation means to satisfy the demands of justice. In biblical terms, it means to satisfy the demands of God's wrath upon sin. God places sin and evil under His judgment and decrees that He is going to pour out His wrath upon it. No one will escape apart from belief in Jesus Christ. It's a certainty. Save from wrath. God is just. See, and His demands must be met. Amen? There's no such thing as cheap grace. (laughs) The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a simple announcement of pardon. And I know we sang some songs today that use that phrase, being pardoned. And often when we consider a pardon today, we think, well, here's a guy and, and, and there's just going to be leniency and he's going to be let go. No, this is not a simple announcement of pardon. In justification, God does not merely decide to pardon us and forgive us. No, God's demands and requirements of sin being punished must be met. There is a cost. There is a wage to sin. And it is death. And this is why the cross of Jesus Christ is absolutely essential. Christ had to die. Yeah, that, that was John 3.14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Because there is salvation in no other. 
Jesus had to die. Because the propitiation, the payment for sin had to be made. Sin had to be punished. Our sin, my sin had to be dealt with. And Jesus dying on the cross pays in full the debt, the payment, the cost of sin for all who believe and receive Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith and a substitute that God Himself appointed. And that is Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. If we go into chapter 3 in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sin. See, we, we, we could go into the book of Hebrews. We're not going to do it today. We, we do it many times. Because the priest comes offering the sacrifice over and over and over again. And the word said, which could never take away sin. But this man, but this Jesus came with a one-time offering for sin never to have to be represented again. For Christ also suffered once for sin. The just for the unjust. He's the just one. I was the unjust one. He suffered for me. The just for the unjust. That He might bring us, bring me to God. Being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the Spirit. Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did. (laughs) God did. How? By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, to those who are born again. The righteous requirements of the law were met in Christ Jesus. Child of God, Christ has redeemed us back to God. He has purchased us by His blood. Uh, just a couple of verses from that Romans, or not Romans, Revelation 5. Revelation 5, just verses 9 and 10. We'll read more of that one Sunday when we sing Revelation song again. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us priests and kings to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Oh, you see, for His children, oh, what He has done, and what He has in store for us in the future. He has redeemed us to God, and only He has the power to redeem. Amen? Now, we, we didn't sing that song today. With breath that brings the dead to life, with words that pierce the dark with light, 
Only by the blood are we set free. With mercy strong to carry shame and nail it to a tree. You alone hold the power to redeem again. With breath that brings the dead to life. With words that pierce the dark with light. Only by the blood are we set free. With mercy strong to carry shame. And nail it to a tree. You alone hold the power to redeem. See, I I like that. I like that. With breath that brings the dead of life. What's the breath of heaven? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and breathes life into deadness. Dead. We could not respond. It wasn't us reaching up. We can only reach up after He raised us. With breath that brings the dead to life. With words. With words. What words? The words of grace. The gospel of Jesus Christ with words that pierce our darkness and and shines light. The dungeon flamed with light. The tomb flamed with light. Because only by His blood are we set free. With mercy. With mercy. By His mercy He saved us. Took our sin having nailed it to the tree. He alone has the power to redeem. Praise the Lord. Oh, and for us today, oh, may we give thanks. May we give thanks and may we remember what Christ has done. Psalms 107, verses 1 and 2. 107, verses 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Oh, we say that all the time, don't we? We say that all the time because He is good. He is all the time. He is good for His mercy endures forever. And what should we do? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed say so. May, May we tell others of what Christ has done for us. May we tell others those who are lost, those who are perishing, of the rescue for sinners. And so today, we're going to gather around a table or pass by a table and remember what Christ has done. And remember Him and give thanks that He went to a cross that we might have salvation and redemption. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give You thanks for Your Word. I give you thanks for the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just pray, Father, that you would help us to rightfully remember. For for those who are born again, that we would remember where we have been brought from. That what, what we once were, dead, darkness, bound in sin and condemned under Your wrath, but in Christ Jesus set free 
and having become a joint heir with Christ and a child of you. So Father, help us even now. And Lord, should, should there be one who is yet lost, who is yet apart from Christ, our Father, have mercy. Open their eyes that they might see. Shine light into a dark place. Lord, breathe a breath of life into their spiritual deadness. Help us to see you, Lord. Help us all to see you high and lifted up. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.